Hi, I'm Teague. And I'm Sam. And we're your well-informed girlfriends. Bringing you today's news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. This week we're talking about shaking hands. Is that ever going to happen again? Do we miss that, though? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not a huge fan, I guess. (laughs) Plus, we're discussing the most dangerous activities you can do that put you at the highest risk. Danger! Also, we're talking about obsessing over quarantine weight gain. And my personal favorite, hinge dates gone wrong during a pandemic. Oh my god, hinge dates always go wrong. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Hello everybody, it's week one million of the coronavirus pandemic, and this week we're learning that apparently now coronavirus can't live on surfaces that well. Who knew? Per usual, the facts surrounding how coronavirus spreads continues to change by the day, and now the CDC says it does not spread easily from touching surfaces or objects. So for all of you who have been sanitizing all of your groceries, apparently you need to worry less. I'm just confused because at the beginning, this was such a hot topic. It was like, you can't touch things, you can't be around things. Like, how did it change? I remember in the beginning, there was all of the research about cardboard versus like yeah. glass versus hard surfaces. How is this suddenly different? I guess it's not. You can still get it. It's just not the most likely way for you to get coronavirus. It's, in fact, one of the least likely ways. There are three ways that don't easily spread it, the CDC said this week. The other two are a minimal risk from animals to people and people to animals. Okay, those are the two minimal risks. But basically, yeah, I guess you don't need to freak out about touching things. And that's reassuring. Hopefully that lowers some anxiety around it. I guess. I mean, who? how do you lower the anxiety at this time? It doesn't feel like me <laughs> at all. I, touching things still freaks me out. I do feel like I'll, I'll have that, like, phobia for a while. And oh, That just, yeah. like, goes away. I fully admit that today I was jogging and I stopped to pet a dog that, like, leapt on me. I was like, oh, well, of course, you're leaping on me. And immediately I was like, oh, I have to go wash my hands. Yeah, <laughs> I just, right. Like, freaked out. Yeah. Even though I had already written this story and knew that people to animals and animals to people are not the way to spread corona, but... Whatever. Right. It's a phobia that will live on. (laughs) So now the debate is shaking hands. Are we going to be able to do that when this is all over? To be honest, I'm not sure I'll miss it, but we'll go into some of the specialists and experts' opinions here. Michelle Nome, president of the African American Marketing Association and host of Networking with Michelle podcast. Shout out potties. Um, Is that a thing? Can I make up that word? Can I make that a thing? Potties? Okay. Uh, Anyways, she was quoted by saying, we didn't realize how powerful the handshake is. The handshake means connection, it means agreement, cooperation, it's a common courtesy. But in the immediate future, the handshake is dead. And some people are saying that we should make permanent alterations to the way that we physically interact with each other anyways to prevent future outbreaks. So the handshake could go away, and here are some alternative options. The elbow bump, which is kind of fun, and the foot shake. (laughs) I have so many questions here, Sam. But first of all, do you think that the longstanding tradition of greeting people by shaking their hands will go away? Will you be sad to see it go? Also, how do you feel about the foot shake? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start with the foot shake because that sounds real stupid. (laughs) Could you imagine in a professional setting? (laughs) Give me your foot, sir. Let me do a foot shake. I have to admit that I don't shake that many hands in general. Yeah. Despite having a professional job, I just think it's I don't know. It's very formal. So I'm always just like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say that I was at a yoga class right before the quarantine started and everyone was like elbow bumping. Okay. And I think that that's like a little less weird. Don't you? Like, I think yeah. that's a little less weird. I don't know if the handshake goes away, though. It's kind of ingrained in our society, isn't it? Especially like business people. I, I almost guess. said business bros, but then business I was like bros. women are often businessmen <laughs> and women. Hello, Sam. 
it's 2020. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. So here's the thing. I've never been a huge fan of handshaking just in general. And we, even for like Lakers, when we would do appearances for Laker girls, we would always be shaking hands. And it always kind of made me just feel a little bit like I had to go wash my hands right after. You know, if it's like with kids at a basketball tournament or whatever it is, you know, it always just kind of made me a little bit like not nervous of getting anything. I just makes me, I have a little bit of like a handshaking phobia. So to to be honest, I wouldn't be upset to see this tradition kind of go away. But it's interesting. Like, how do you greet people? At least we're not like one of those countries where we kiss on the face to greet. At least we don't have to fully change that because that's way closer, <laughs> right? For spreading things. Yeah. Well, that would be way closer for sure. Although I will say, I know people that do that here. Yeah, that's true. And I, I miss like greeting my friends with a hug. You know what I mean? The hug, I feel like, is better than a handshake. But you can't do it in in a business setting, obviously. No, no, you can't. You know? It was funny. My boss came to visit right before the whole pandemic shut everything down. And, like, I gave her a hug when she got there because we get along pretty well. And then, like, when she left, I had just been in a meeting that was like, don't touch your coworkers. And so I, like, waved goodbye awkwardly. And I think she thought I was, like, crazy. Oh, uh, <laughs> And I was like, you should explain it. I know I should have, but she was, like, walking out the door. <laughs> yeah. She's probably like, that Sam is so weird. <laughs> she lives in New York, so she doesn't see me and doesn't know how weird weird I am actually right (laughs) just further reinforced it past the corona both literally and figuratively it's Memorial Day weekend a time in the United States to pay tribute to those who give the ultimate sacrifice for fighting for our country and also for regular Joe Schmo Americans to have a three-day weekend usually filled with parties and hopefully barbecue Mm -hmm. of course we're in the middle of a global pandemic but that hasn't stopped people from going out and about and some of them are being forgive me for saying this hella dumb Pictures are out today of parties in places like Ocean City, Maryland, and Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, which, fun fact, is near where Teague and I both went to college. Woo woo! Just of some absolute ragers of parties, hundreds of people super close together, and so on. Ugh, just why? Okay, here's my question, though, because it's so unclear and all of the research is contradicting itself at this point. If you're outside, is it okay to be outside? Can it really spread outside? If you're uh, yes and no. So we're actually going to get into this next. But there are some like high risk and low risk activities. And in general, going out to like the beach or to a pool or something is pretty low risk. But you're supposed to continue to maintain social distancing. Right. So if you are breathing on someone two feet away from you at say you're ordering at a swim up bar or whatever, like that's way too close because you're breathing in the same air. Right. can't like be dispersed into the outdoors. Right. Okay, interesting. So it's like fine if you're outside, but you still do have to remain distant. Yes, exactly. Okay. For sure. Well, and it's been around two months of quarantine for all of us. And now that parts of the world are reopening and people are partying, apparently, um, the urge to get out is real. But what actually is safe? NPR had a great write-up of a panel of infectious disease and public health experts that ranked things from high risk to low risk. Okay. So I was going to go through a couple of these because I think this is so interesting. Right. Um, so a BYOB backyard gathering with like one other household is mm-hmm. low to medium risk. Okay. Because you're outside, you brought your own stuff. If you could have avoid sharing food drinks or utensils like a byo everything party that's okay byo everything mm-hmm. yeah 2020 <laughs> baby know, right byo just just do your own just get your own barbecue just, together <laughs> just actually shout at each other across the street no yeah kidding. you don't have to do that apparently but that's apparently funny. risking the higher risk isn't from the food itself but from touching shared dishes or utensils or whatever mm-hmm. and like we said earlier it doesn't spread on surfaces that easily. Okay. It's more from breathing in the same air. So stay outside. 
Speaking of breathing in the same air, eating indoors at a restaurant is medium to high risk. Apparently, indoor dieting is still among the riskier things you can do. Right. The trouble was people tend to linger in restaurants because you're hanging out. Um, so even if the spacing's okay, the duration of the exosphere is longer and talking of course is leading to the release of the virus apparently. Honestly, so. indoor restaurants makes me the most nervous, yeah. especially after we talked about that diagram a few weeks ago on the podcast about circulated air and having an air conditioning unit. Yeah, that was one of air. the examples from Wuhan. Um, yeah. That was one of the super spread incidents. Right, is that you're breathing in the same air and especially if there's, you know, it's circulated, that's that's a high risk situation. So I think if restaurants are outside, I feel like a little bit more comfortable, but it's still risky. For sure. It's still a little risky and, you know, a lot of places like here in LA don't even have outdoor dining reopened, but they are right. exploring some interesting options like opening up streets for outdoor dining. Oh. I saw Santa Monica is planning on closing down a bunch of streets and putting their chairs outside because they can't maintain social distance inside the restaurants. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, anyways, as we were talking about before, spending the day at a popular beach or pool is actually considered low risk as long as you can stay socially distanced. That like, make sure you're watching out for crowds, not getting too close to people, not partying. Honestly, I don't know if you should ever go to the Lake of the Ozarks, but you get it. I love Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> There's like a thin layer of beer on every water, body of water. Yeah. The lake, any pool. Right, right. I love it. Go Tigers. Oh my God, I love Lake of the Ozarks. I was kind of jealous to see everybody hanging out, but I also was like, I think I would have an actual anxiety attack. Oh, for sure. There's no way we wouldn't. Right. Have anxiety attack. Well, plus like LA has been taking this so much more seriously than I think a lot of places have been because it's been such a problem here right that i think we would be like oh my god what do we do yeah <laughs> okay so highest highest risk what's that well so we talked about the highest so eating indoors at a restaurant is the highest risk but yeah. also getting a haircut is considered medium to high risk because it involves close contact breathing for several minutes and that's the primary mode of transmission so even masks of course if you're both wearing them that helps but they're not going to protect you 100% and there's obviously no way to keep six feet away from someone cutting your hair unless they have the world's longest arms right so, <laughs> so basketball players are becoming hairstylists now <laughs> the NBA doesn't open up so now they have to do people's hair <laughs> exactly so getting a haircut is one of the higher risk highest risk okay wow and that kind of parlays into the next story we wanted to talk about yeah actually two missouri hairstylists potentially exposed 140 clients to coronavirus when they worked for up to eight days this month while symptomatic oh my god so that's the problem is that they did have some symptoms they still want to work they are claiming that they were wearing face coverings However, I would beg to differ on that. Do you think that that's true? How could it have spread to 140 clients? So this is still being investigated, obviously, but it does show how incredibly easy it is to get community spread if you have just one person who was infected. It looks like there were two stylists here at the salon that infected a lot of people. Um, so this is kind of a an example, you know, not a fun example, but an example that shows you how quickly this thing spreads. Yeah. When do you think you'll feel comfortable getting a haircut? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not even worried about myself so much as, you know, I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but my mom owns a salon and it it's really worries me about her health as well as like her client's health. So she's trying to figure out, you know, different ways to be innovative and try to keep everybody as safe as possible. They're doing split schedules. They're, they're doing as much as they can, but it just makes me really nervous. Yeah. What about you? You know, I love my hairstylist, Fabian, and he works in a place that only has one chair. Um, it's just like one small, very small salon here in WeHo. And so I would feel comfortable if he had also been isolating and stuff, which I'm sure he has. But once you start doing other clients' hair, you know, you're 
hang, interacting with other people in a really close proximity. So I don't know. I will probably wait until a little bit after they open everything up. Okay, I, I want to bring this up because I think this is an interesting topic. How do you feel about isolation shaming? People who are very diligent about only hanging out with people who have been isolating. Um, I mean, I think that that's probably the safest thing to be doing right now. But how do you have that discussion with someone who you're friends with? I know, it's kind of awkward. It's uh, so awkward to be like, well, where have you been? Who have you seen? What are you doing? You know, without sounding judgy or weird. I know, it's really hard to do. So as many of us are debating putting on makeup again, Mm-hmm. I say debating because are we really putting on makeup again? We I'm did today, dead. and I was like, I forgot how to do eye makeup, but right. it's fine. <laughs> um, today was interested to know if coronavirus can live on makeup because we talked about surfaces and like makeup is one of those things that a lot of people share, especially if you live with another woman. But they said as long as you're not sharing makeup or using free samples in stores as they begin to reopen, you should be okay. So Sephora and Ulta both like nixed their sample sections as a result of that. Oh no. I know. So you're just going to have to find out if that $50 foundation matches your skin upon purchase. No. Hopefully you know what foundation you want. I feel like that's going to be a problem for Sephora and Ulta because people are going to be returning stuff if stuff doesn't match. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's just like on the counter, you know, where you can like actually sample yourself. Maybe that will go away, but maybe you can still, still swatch with a professional. So yeah, I would hope so. I would hope because so. But that's insane. But even then, you know, they're using brushes and stuff that they are in theory sanitizing, but it's still kind of a risk. So I wonder. Right. It's also risky. I mean, that's the last thing I thought about makeup being affected by <laughs> all of this. <laughs> well, I could mainly because I haven't seen a palette of eyeshadow in about four months. <laughs> I opened opened a palette of eyeshadow to put eyeshadow on just to record this today. And I looked at the the color I had noted I was almost out of right before the pandemic. And I was like, oh, I forgot that I needed to buy this because I don't need to buy this. Yeah, it appears as if I no longer need this until 2021. (laughs) Right. So Exactly. Just like fitness, I've also given up on that. But apparently a lot of people are obsessing over weight gain. Yes, people are obsessing over weight gain. It's a common concern, obviously, amongst mostly women. Shocker. Um, It's the idea of this quarantine weight gain. And there was a recent poll conducted by WebMD um, that did confirm that the Quarantine 15 is a real thing. I know. I mean, we knew that, but it is now confirmed. But also, it does make me feel a little bit better that other people are going through this. It's not just me and my, like, sad, sad depression um, with Rice Krispies. But so the lockdown has caused widespread weight gain, according to the WebMD polls. In the poll, it shows that 40% of women and 22% of men responded that they have gained weight due to COVID restrictions. Most of them said that their weight gain was relatively minimal, though. For Americans, a 59% majority blamed their heavier figures on a lack of exercise and stress eating, which we love so much. <laughs> um, also, 21% said that it was probably because they're drinking more alcohol, which I thought was interesting. While the World Health Organization called booze an unhelpful coping strategy, it's the only one we have, World Health Organization, um, they're saying that it directly affects the immune system. That's the World Health Organization was warning, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be boozing it up because we actually need your immune system to be intact, which alcohol does affect that. But despite them saying that, Sales of alcoholic beverages have risen in the U.S. as a way to cope with the pandemic. So my question here for you, Sam, is stress eating. Are you doing it? Are you drinking more? And do you think it's 
just best to like let ourselves do whatever we need to now or should we be more conscious of what we're trying to eat to keep ourselves healthy. Sure. Um, well, I'll start with the drinking. I have not been drinking hardly at all. Oh, I, interesting. I'm really more of a social drinker in the first place. Yeah. I, I go out with like a friend or something to have a drink. Mm-hmm. I don't drink a ton on my own anyway. Like at most a glass of wine like once or twice a week alone, right. Um, right. with dinner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge drinker. Um, and a lot of my friends, we had originally been doing happy hours and stuff, but I actually work until nine, so I don't drink while I'm on the clock, so... I right. missed out on that, all the Zoom drinking. Um, but so, yeah. And then in terms of stress eating, yeah, I would say I've been stress eating. I've actually lost weight, though, just by, like, not going out to eat and not drinking. Oh, wow. Um, but I've gained flab in the arms. <laughs> so I think some of that weight loss might have been muscle. <laughs> but, it's fine. but it's fine. What about you? So, yeah, I kind of am stress eating. But I am not as badly as I was in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like the only thing that will make me feel better is a Domino's pizza or a taco. But now I'm like, okay, I think there are some different options that will fill that same need for me. So I think I'm like starting to get a little bit smarter about what I'm eating. Because I really don't want to come out of this looking like a new person. If I do, it's fine. <laughs> But I would rather try and keep a little bit healthy if I can. Yeah, so. maintain. Yeah, maintain, maintain would will. be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not going to look better. No. <laughs> I'll say that. For sure, I will not either. So no judgments. <laughs> I will not come out of a pandemic snatched, as they say. But you know what? It's fine. As long as I'm not, you know morbidly obese. I'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along, the University of California system is actually dropping SAT and ACT requirements for applicants. What? Yeah, specifically in-state freshman applicants. They are still, yeah, they're still going to require out-of-state people to do that. They decided to suspend the tests until fall 2024. It'll give the next three years to develop a new test that, quote, better aligns with the content the university expects students to have mastered for college readiness. Wait, so they're getting rid of it all together how do you how do you for in-state people yeah oh my god first of all that is not fair for in-state people that's way easier i i'm just jealous that i couldn't go to a california school first of all (laughs) but second of all that's so interesting that they're changing it so they're just getting they're just figuring out a new test it's not because of corona it's no they're just in general because of corona just in general they're coming up with a new test that and if it doesn't meet their specified criteria by 2025, the system is going to eliminate standardized tests entirely. What? Yeah. Oh my God, this would have changed my entire world slash life because standardized tests gave me so much anxiety. Really? I was fine at them, but like I would have probably done better if there were other types of tests, like real life skill. Oh my God, I can crush a real life skill, you know? But like <laughs> testing really scared me and gave me a lot of anxiety. So I feel like probably would have done better. If, well, I, we don't know what these new tests look like, obviously. That's true. We don't. I think it's harder to study for a new test that didn't exist before. Moving on? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I love this story. Because it's just a really combination of things that I think are hilarious. Dating um, and kind of maybe bad life choices. <laughs> oh, tell me more. So this New York City couple had been out on two hinge dates. They had gotten along really well. Yeah. And as flight prices decided to drop, they decided to purchase tickets to Costa Rica for their third date. What? Yeah. Is he a murderer, question mark? No. No one has been murdered. But, you know, casually, it's been two dates. And you're like, I have an idea. Let's go to Costa Rica for the weekend. And I'm like, I mean, maybe other people who have more dollars. Uh, are into that kind of thing and like listen is it spontaneous and sexy and fun sure did they get trapped there for more than 60 days 
You betcha. Oh, my God. You have been there in Central America for, like, I kid you not, more than 60 days. They've been trying to fly back forever, but they can't because (laughs) they're not allowed. Oh, my God. Could you even imagine? What if you don't like him? I know. What if they're not into each other? I know. Their their date has lasted more than 60 days. Well, also, at that point, I'd be like, put a ring on it. If you're not going to marry me, <laughs> we, we know at this point. And if you're not, then let's just – I'll stay here. You go back. Wow. So they're still there? Yeah. I, they are still there. There could um, be worse places to be stuck. I know. I'm sure Costa Rica – I mean, is Costa Rica – having a bad time though I don't know anything about what's going on in Costa Rica you know they're staying they're paying out of pocket for various hotels and Airbnbs and stuff while they wait but as they're running out of funds they're like asking for help for places to stay fortunately they said they've built upon the great chemistry they shared back home oh oh, yeah after dates three (laughs) three dates after three dates oh my gosh it's so funny well and it's interesting and we've been talking about doing more segments on dating during the pandemic yeah makes everything sort of increased and crazier but you know getting stuck in Costa Rica with someone for 60 days that's one hell of a way to get to know somebody yeah my god Talk about social distancing. Uh, Quote, we've just rolled with it and made the most of it. It's like flipping the concept of dating on its head. It's like we're doing it completely backward. Well, they should have done a reality show. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they think of that smart? They should be TikToking. They should be vlogging for sure. They should definitely be vlogging because I want to know how they're both feeling. I want them in separate rooms and giving like confessions. Oh, yeah. I hate this person. I love this person. I hate this person. You know? (laughs) I think that's so – they, they really missed an opportunity there for a reality show pitch. They but. really did. But it's fine. So, anyways, that's what they're up to. Wow. Love that. Good for them. I know. Um, Goldie Hawn. We love her. Oh, God, I love Goldie. I know. She's an icon. But she has said that she cries three times a day due to the corona pandemic. I get that. To which I say, same sis. But why does she say specifically? Just, Just because of everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, the anxiety and like the, she said she's worrying about the mental health of others who are struggling. She said she's very lucky, but she feels tremendous angst and tremendous sadness. Oh, that's sweet. I love Goldie. I I, it's nice that when stars can be sympathetic to the fact that not everybody is in the same position as them. I, I remember when everything just went down, Miley Cyrus wrote a nice thing, or, or maybe she posted a video about like being like, I don't, I can't totally relate to what's going on, but I'll be of service and help out however I can. So I think that's cool when like celebrities acknowledge that not everybody has it the same. For sure. I mean, like, look at Lady Gaga. She's raised tons of money to help with the pandemic and stuff right. and that's like that's a really good leadership skill I think to be able to mm-hmm. rise to the occasion during such a time right anyways all right moving right along Oprah's former chef has lost wait for it 70 pounds so far in quarantine because he's no longer making bread I'm confused um he ended up somehow quarantining with a no professional food. athlete <laughs> no <laughs> So, okay, rugby player and trainer Lucas Chancelier was on his way from Spain where he plays for a university. I'm not even going to try and attempt to say that. Back home to Argentina. So he stopped to visit with friends, Smith and his husband and their four children in Jasper, Florida. Little did they know, their brief stay would turn into a months-long quarantine that served as the very catalyst Chef Art Smith needed to lose weight and change his life. Wow, I love that. I know, I love so a good... he's lost 70 pounds. Wow. Also, how it's interesting that a chef that knows so much about food would be overweight. Well, it's not because Chef Smith owns several Southern style restaurants around the country, has written four cookbooks. He's won Top Chef Masters and served as Oprah Winfrey's personal chef. 
He is a connoisseur of fluffy biscuits, cakes, and fried chicken. Oh, my God. Fluffy biscuits. Right. I mean, it sounds delicious. You know how to make it. It's easy for you. Whip it together. I would like fried chicken every day. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. I get that. I totally (laughs) get that. He said he weighed 330 pounds in February, and he's lost 70 pounds since then. Good for him. That's great. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a cool story. for him. Mm Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I have not lost 70 pounds in this pandemic. I don't know. That's what about strange. you? I'm almost gained 70 pounds. <laughs> you have not gained an entire small person's weight. <laughs> it's possible. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting down, so oh, I had God. to unzip my pants earlier because I couldn't physically drive <laughs> with my pants zipped up because they weren't fitting. They weren't. I couldn't breathe. Oh, it's okay. I... We'll get there. Okay, I think it's that time. It's my favorite time of the show. Memes of the week. Take it away. Okay. This one just really speaks to my soul. I'm not adding this year to my age. I did not use it. Correct. Such a shame. I hate that, actually. Thinking about that. Uh, This one's from Leandra Cohen. Literally, never say unprecedented again. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Truly. I hate that word. I am so over it. I I still don't even fully understand what it means, but I use it almost every day. (laughs) Because everything is unprecedented. Right. Correct. (laughs) At this point. At this point, everything. Yeah. Um, Okay, this one comes to us from Kyle Dotson. Hey, seniors, if you're missing out on graduation, sit in the sun wearing a shower curtain while someone reads from a phone book for three hours. Okay, my next meme. Restaurants before quarantine. I'm sorry, but I can't let you take that drink outside. Now, do y'all want some beer and vodka to go? Here's a jug of margaritas for the road. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this sticks around. I've really enjoyed getting my drinks to go. I do too. That's all I have for today. So thank you so much for joining us, you guys. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to stay well-informed throughout the week, you can follow us on Instagram at wellinformedgirlfriends. And you can also follow us personally. Mine's at Samantha Kubota. And I'm at TeagueDP. Thanks so much. Have a great one. See you later.